Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And now, ladies and gentlemen, this is Learn to Kick Fear with Love. Take action. Learn how internet marketers, real estate investors, and other entrepreneurs are overcoming their fears and making it happen and being successful. You know she's got the 411. It's time to kick those fears to the curb with love right now. Right now. Right now. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Learning to Kick Fear to the curb with you, girl, with me, with Lo. I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic 2014. We are right in the middle uh, of the year, and I, I hope that you have been growing, investing in yourself, and uh, just making profits within your business. And if you're not, you're making some changes and adjusting. So I hope all is going well for you. And I want to encourage you, if, if you kind of feel yourself stuck or if you're doing things that's not making your business profitable, uh, stop it. <laughs> There's some things that you need to take care of and change and, and do. So I just want to encourage you. Now, today we have a fantastic guest. Um, I have been following this young man for several years. He's another real estate investor that uh, I look up to, and uh, I have invested in, in some of his trainings, and they're fantastic. No, that's none other than Mr. Chris Chico, but before I bring him on, uh, I want to share a little bit with you uh, about Chris. Chris Chico is a successful real estate investor and educator based out of Hollywood, Florida. Uh, he's been involved in hundreds of real estate transactions and is mostly known for the creation of virtual wholesaling, which I personally love. Unlike conventional real estate, where you have to put up a bunch of money or use your credit card to buy real estate, uh, including taking on a lot of risk, Chris specializes in finding and flipping properties anywhere in the USA, using only his cell phone and laptop computer. Uh, he never puts up any down payments or deposits, never personally inspects a property. He never meets with any buyers or sellers. He flips houses from the comfort of his own home in Florida using his system. And just a few highlights about Chris as well before I bring him on. He, he has a degree in accounting. Uh, he was a realtor initially, and he migrated uh, into becoming a real estate investor. Again, he's known for virtual wholesaling. And his tagline is how to find and flip properties anywhere in the U.S. using only your cell phone and laptop. And without any further delay, I just want to thank Chris for being on. <laughs> And I want to welcome him. Chris, you there? I am here. Hey, Mel, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I just want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to share uh, with myself and, and audience. No, I, I appreciate the invite. I, I thought maybe you had the wrong guest because you called me a young <laughs> man. Uh, and so maybe you, you have somebody else in mind, but 
I might do a good job of standing in for him. <laughs> well, you, you're as young as you feel, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel very, uh, I feel very young. <laughs> so, but I'm happy to be on, on, on the on the show, and I appreciate you inviting me to come on and, and, and chat for a bit. Sure, absolutely. We'll, we'll go ahead and dig in here because I know our listeners really want to know, uh, especially the whole concept of virtual hosting. But before we get there, talk a little bit about how you got started as an entrepreneur. Did you have uh, savings or capital available, and did you have support? No, you know, when I started, you know, I started uh, my background. I'm not going to get into like the whole story of my background, but I, I didn't grow up with any money. My mom and my, my parents were on, on welfare and on food stamps and, uh, when I was, you know, when I was young. And uh, you know, I graduated college. I got a degree in accounting, as you'd mentioned. I ended up uh, working in accounting for maybe about six months and realized that it just wasn't for me. And you know, I started as a as a realtor, real estate agent, and I didn't have any money. And so I had to go out and prospect uh, for leads uh, using good old uh, manual labor, i.e., door knocking, cold calling, calling for sale by owners, and all that, all that other uh, nice, all those other nice uh, tactics that you encounter a lot of rejection with. And even as a real estate investor, I didn't have a lot of money to invest. You know, I had a little bit of money in marketing, and then went ahead and, and kind of bootstrapped my way into it as I made money. Uh, I then reinvested back in the business, which I think that, you know, there's some people that believe that if they have a lot of money uh, to get started with their business, that that would be a great thing for them. And I actually think the opposite. I think that bootstrapping and learning how to make do with what you have and taking the little money that you make and profits and reinvesting into your own business and growing from there, I think it, it's it's something that everybody should do even if you don't have even if you have a ton of money to invest, I think every business should be bootstrapped, and that's how I did mine just out of necessity because I didn't really have a lot of money uh, to invest uh, or, or in capital or savings. Sure, absolutely, and I absolutely love the term bootstrap, the bootstrapping, and and I believe in that as well. When I first got started, I didn't have a lot of money uh, either, and I even teach uh, students now uh, pretty much that whole concept of bootstrapping if they're limited. Um, you can still make it happen, but you're going to have to put in that manual labor like you shared. So um, thanks for sharing that. Yes. Now, did you have a mentor when you first got started? If so, you know, how did the mentor help you in your business? You know, I've always had mentors, and a lot of times people think that, uh, uh, you know, I've always had mentors. And so a lot of people think that a mentor has to be somebody that is physically there with you side by side and working with you. And I think of a mentor as just somebody who you follow. And in the beginning, when I was a real estate agent, I had a mentor uh, that uh, was a real estate trainer, and, and so I didn't have personal relationship with with them. But I listened to all the courses and seminars and, and all the materials, and so for me, that was kind of the way I got my got my um, uh, my mentorship from them. And then, uh, as I became a real estate investor, I did have the opportunity to work with someone one on one. And so, obviously, working with someone one on one is is better than just listening to books or seminars or tapes, but, you know, you do what you can and you, and you take what you can get. Um, but, you know, I think definitely a mentor is important. And, you know, I think that a mentor is important at every stage because I think about when I first start, got started as an agent and then migrated to a real estate investor, uh, having a mentor as a real estate investor really helped me tremendously uh, because it helped me avoid a lot of mistakes. Uh, it helped me not try and reinvent the wheel and so because others have pioneered ahead of you and have done all the work for you and laid the groundwork, and so why attempt to, you know, create 
uh, create from scratch what you can just follow along the footsteps of other successful people. And I think that you should, I think everyone should have a mentor. And, and it's interesting the aspect because as I become successful in my business, uh, I've, I've, I've actually uh, have, have, have to continually be looking for that next mentor because we're all at different stages of our business. Some of us are beginning, some of us are, are not beginners and kind of have a business in place. And at every stage of the game, you always got to be looking for someone that is uh, at that next level that they can help you see and diagnose your own problems because it's very difficult to be your own doctor in the, uh, in the game of life and in business and you really need that other person to look in uh, and give you advice uh, that, that can help you, you know. And so I, I definitely am a firm believer in having a mentor. Absolutely, and very, very well said. Um, now, the next question is, is dealing with fear, and that's pretty much the basis of, of my show and, and having, you know, entrepreneurs how to overcome fear. Did you ever have fear? If so, how did you overcome your fears? You know, I think that everybody, anybody that, uh, it's easy for someone to look at uh, somebody who's done something that you want to do and, and believe that they are they don't have any fear. And so that's the reason why they were successful. And I think that's, uh, that's, uh, that's not accurate. I think that uh, fear exists at every level of entrepreneurship and, I think it's a matter of not necessarily eliminating fear because we need fear. You know, fear as, as human beings, as, as just a, as a human being, we need fear. Fear is what protects us. Fear is what keeps you from running out in the street and getting hit by a car, right? You don't want to, you know, that's the reason why you don't run out in the middle of the highway and run across the highway, right? So to an extent, we need fear. But I think that it's more of management of that fear, you know, understanding the fear. Sometimes a lot of us have, you know, fear, the acronym for that is, is false evidence appearing real. And many times we have a, a fear that's unfounded. You know, a, a, the, the, the best way, a couple of things that I do is, is that um, I always think about the worst possible outcome. And if you think about sure. it, you know, hey, if you, if you start a business and you put a certain investment in a credit card, and I'm not saying you guys should do this, but I'm using this as an example, and you end up losing all that money and the business completely tanks. Um, you know, at the end, what is the worst possible uh, outcome? You still have your health. You still have your family. Uh, maybe you might have a three or $4,000 credit card bill that you may have to uh, figure out how to pay now. But in the end, when all is said and done, the, what we perceive to be as the, uh, uh, as the consequences of our actions are really not as, not, as, not as big as we think they are. And so I think, for me, I look at it as, hey, what's the po- worst possible outcome? And really come to terms with the fact that if that was to happen, I'd be okay with it. I still live and I still go on. And it's just a matter of, um, of, uh, of moving forward. And I think also that the fact is that I think in order to be successful, I think you have to, be, you have to embrace uh, failure because um, I, I'm a firm believer in that your success is in direct proportion to the amount of times you fail. And the story that's always told is the story of Babe Ruth, how he was a home run king, but most people don't realize that he was also a strikeout king. He had the most strikeouts uh, of any, any, any person, but nobody ever sees that. They just see his successes. And if you think of like a guy like uh, Richard Branson, who has a tremendously large number of companies, uh, and everybody sees the successful companies that he has, there's a lot of other companies that he built and he started that never went anywhere and he actually ended up having to fold. And so I think that getting into that pattern of, of just knowing that 
you know, for every one success you have, you got to get a bat, and you might have seven or eight things that just don't work out, and you got to be okay with that. And then the other yeah. thing is going back to the mentorship in that I think that you need someone else to, to be there next to you and to push you forward when maybe you're afraid of moving forward, but you got that other person who says, hey, don't worry about it. I've been here before. Just ignore what you're thinking and just continue to move ahead because you have me there to help you side, you know, by your side because I've been there before. And so, to me, that's kind of the way I, you know, a couple of things that I wanted to share about about fear. Oh, that's fantastic. And, um, you know, I just have to piggyback a little and, and share that at the beginning of my real estate investing career, I think fear kept me from really probably doing more than what I could have because I, I didn't want to fail. And like you said, you don't want to use your credit card and maybe pay $500, $1,000, for marketing and maybe not get a deal and all of a sudden you're stuck. And I think a lot of people, they can't overcome that, but the things that you just stated is how you can overcome that fear, especially if you want to, to have success and be successful as a real estate investor or, you know, anything you want to do in life, <clears throat> you have to bypass uh, that fear and, and turn it into something, you know, and turn it into positive. So I, I, I just wanted to kind of piggyback on that and, and totally agree. Yeah. Um, how do you motivate yourself? Do you, motivational quotes, self-help material, what, you know, annual workshops. How do you mo- How does Chris motivate himself on days when you may not want to get out of bed? You know, I, I think that uh, the best way, uh, the two things I would say is, I would think number one, number one is to surround yourself with other people that are going to hold you to a higher level of standard than you hold yourself. You know, because uh, as Napoleon Hill said, that you're the average you are the average of the five people that you hang around the most. You're the average yeah. of the of income of the five people you hang around the most. And so, you know, if if you're some, you know, so so surrounding yourself with people that are gonna that hold themselves to a higher level standard, that in turn going to hold you to a higher level standard, I think is the number one thing. That's number one. Number two is that I am someone that um, is just uh, I never listen to music. I'm always listening to something uh, motivational. Uh, I listen to podcasts. I uh, I'm always I always have on my phone my reading uh, my reading app. So I'm always reading uh, something with regards to you know whatever book I happen to be reading at the time. Uh, my phone is filled uh, with uh, seminars, and so at any given time uh, there is no downtime for me. In that if I'm driving in the car, I'm always listening to something, and I you know I I don't watch TV. Uh, maybe a week I probably watch. I'm two hours of TV, and that's pushing it. And that's, I'm talking about the entire week. Um, and, and I do that, you know, so, so whatever time I have available to me, I'm always focused on, um, on, on, on self-development. And I think that uh, I think it has to be kind of, a, kind of like a habit where you're always constantly seeking. Uh, to, because what happens is that um, sometimes you listen to something, and it gets you pumped up. Uh, but then you forget about it. You don't listen to it again. I'm a firm believer in that. It's like a record. You have to continually uh, make that, you know, create that groove in 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 your brain. And so I listen to uh, many times. If I if I listen to a course or seminar and, and it really is really really good, I, I'll listen to it two or three times, and I'll continue to listen to the same message. It could be three or four different people. They all kind of say the same thing, but in a different way. But that's continually. Uh, getting me where I'm trying to think in that way. And repetition, I think, is key for that. And so that's the reason why I'm constantly just always listening to seminars and courses and anything I get my hands on. 
uh, just a, whether it be motivational or just very something very specific to something in my business that I'm trying to grow. Uh, but those are the, the two biggest uh, pieces of, of advice that I can give anybody with regards to motivation. But with number one being surround yourself with people that are going to hold you to a higher level of standard, and that is going to help you tremendously more than anything else. Absolutely. Great advice. So what's the best way, and I get this question all the time, and I'm sure you do, but share what is the best way that you would suggest for someone to get started that's interested in being an entrepreneur and or a business owner? You know, I think it's, uh, number one is just, you know, following the footsteps. You know, there's, there's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to presuppose that you already have a business that, you know, that you've decided that you want to go after, right? So whether it be Internet marketing or whether it be real estate, you've looked at your option and you said, you know what, this I think is the thing I'm going to focus on. And uh, number one is just follow behind the footsteps of others, you know, uh, of courses. And even books, if you think about a book, and if you think about, like, say, you want to be a real estate investor, and part of becoming a real estate investor is being good on the, being good on the phone and being good in sales. And so uh, the best way to do that is, is books, I think, are great because books, honestly, you take somebody's right, when somebody writes a book, they take everything that they've learned over a lifetime and they put it into this one book that's 10 or $15, which many times is actually uh, almost as good or better than a lot of different seminars that you might find out there about the same material. And so uh, why try to reinvent the wheel? Why not just decide, okay, I'm going to do real estate. Let me figure out who I'm going to follow behind so that I don't have to reinvent the wheel. So I can cut down uh, the mistakes, accelerate the learning, and my success in the business. And so that's it. The first thing I would tell someone, um, so not try, try to reinvent the wheel. And, you know, get a mentor. And I realize that sometimes a mentor, you might want to, you know, ideally would be somebody there working side by side with you. But it, a mentor could be that you decide on someone and you go through their courses and materials and you just continue to go through anything and everything that they have. And, 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 and you they become your mentor just because of the fact that you're listening to them. And, 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 and you're starting to think like they are because of repetition of, in, in their materials and so on. But to me, those are the two biggest uh, things that I would recommend is just follow somebody else behind that has done the same thing and then, you know, pick someone that is going to help you as a mentor, going to guide you every step of the way and help you avoid those mistakes, especially in the beginning. Absolutely. Fantastic advice. Um, sometimes I, I know I wish I would have gotten a mentor a little bit earlier on because I know, you know, especially knowing now, um, I, I would have been uh, a little bit further than what I am now, you know, even though I'm doing pretty well. So I totally, totally agree with that. Now, what challenges have you faced in your journey? Will you talk about a, a few of those challenges? You know, I've had a lot of challenges and a lot of things that have, you know, I've had everything from being in foreclosure to having a car repossessed to, Everything you can think of. And I'm still alive, right? So obviously that didn't kill me yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the one thing, uh, one advice that I can give everybody, and this is something that I recently, uh, uh, you know, I face a lot of challenges. And so I don't want to dwell on those challenges, but rather give somebody, give everybody listening a way to, to think about it. And, you know, for a long time, whenever you have something that happens in your past, and perhaps that was a foreclosure or maybe you had a business that went bad, a lot of times uh, we tend to try and figure out our problems, right? So we try to figure out what we did wrong, what went wrong. And to a certain extent, you do want a little bit of that hindsight. But for a very long time, I, I, I put a lot of time and energy into figuring out my problems. 
what happens is that when you spend time figuring out your problems, you really are spending all of your time in the past and not in the present, right? So yes. uh, excellence, so if, if, if you want to be, excellence is, 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 is being in the now, right? Uh, working for a possibility, right? So if you think about right. being excellent is being in the now, so being in the now meaning that you're focused on today, you're focused on, on the moment here today, and you're working toward a possibility out in the future. So whenever you're focusing on your problems and trying to figure out your problems, you're not spending any time at all on moving toward that future of yours, right? Because, you know, so, so for, for a while I was trying to do that. And so I, I actually stopped trying to figure out my problems. I stopped trying to figure out why I couldn't do this or why I didn't do that or why I made this mistake. And instead, I focus on the now. What do I got to do today? What are we got to do tomorrow in order, you know, in order to, to, to continue to push me toward my goals? And the past is the past, and we can learn from it. But to a certain extent, you have to be willing to let it go and focus on the now and the future. Um, and, and for me, I know you asked me about challenges, uh, but for me, I've had a lot of challenges, and for me, that's how I'm able to overcome those challenges, by focusing on, hey, I don't care what happened yesterday. I'm going to focus on today, right now. What do I got to do right now to overcome that you know, the challenge, and then move forward to, you know, to, or toward my goals. Absolutely. Focus on the now. Absolutely. Exactly. Chris, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the keys to success. Um, you, you share, you know, focus on one thing and become a master of it. Talk, talk a little bit about that. You know, you know, when I started as a real estate investor, and, um, there were there's so many avenues in real estate investing. You know, you could do foreclosures, you could do REOs, you can do so many different things. <laughs> right. And yes. uh, in the beginning, you think to yourself, well, gee, I don't know what's going to work, so I'm going to do all of them. And I'm going to try to do all of them because then whatever works, then I'll focus on that. But what happens is that, um, you know, you're, you're going wide, but you're not going deep. And so you end up just dabbling in a bunch of stuff, and none of them really work. And I had personally that experience. I was, as a real estate investor, I was trying but not making any progress. And I was just doing a bunch of stuff. And in the end, I, you know, said, you know what, I've got to focus on one thing. And for me, that one thing was direct mail. So I considered an expert in direct mail. And for me, yeah. I said, you know what, I'm going to plant my flag. Uh, I noticed that the most successful investors that I met, they were all doing direct mail, or at least direct mail was the foundation of their business. And so I said, you know, I'm going to focus on that and really work it. And, and, and become an expert at it. And I put everything else aside. There's a bit of a risk there because you don't know what's going to work, and so you're just planting your flag down on one thing, and you know, if it doesn't work, you know, you're, you're, um, you're out of luck. And, and for me, that was a deciding moment because shortly uh, after I did that, you know, I went from making a few thousand dollars a month to six months later uh, making over six figures in, in a single month. And obviously, there's a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication involved with that. Uh, however, though, it was that focusing on that one thing and deciding to put everything else aside. Um, and I think I think too many people chase too many opportunities. Um, and yes. So for me, my best advice to anyone here would be to decide on what you want and just put everything else aside and just focus on that one thing. Become an expert at it. Uh, figure out you know figure out what's the 80-20. So if you figure out, you know, real estate investing is your thing that you're going to go after, then within real estate investor, figure out what are the top one, two, or three things that will help you become a successful real estate investor. And then take and then focus on those two or three things. 
let everything else go to the side. And in my experience and the experience that I've had in coaching others, that is what typically leads to success. Yes, you are absolutely correct. And um, so many things there uh, that you share that are just ideal. And, and one thing, the direct mail, myself personally, our business, we use a ton of direct mail, and, and uh, I like it myself. It's, it's our favorite um, marketing uh, tool to use in order to generate business for our, for uh, our business. Um, and that's what I teach my students as well. I teach them other things that they can do, especially if they don't have a lot of capital, but direct mail right. is mainly what I teach. And I've learned a lot from just, you know, a couple of your courses um, and just some really good nuggets and things that, that you've taught concerning direct mail. But when you when you chase too many things, you, you have people that quit too. They get frustrated, they get irritated, and they quit. So um, uh, very good advice. You want to you be able to just focus on one thing. Now also... Talk about getting others involved as soon as you can, which is outsourcing, which I love. But I'd love for you to, to, to share uh, about how, how getting others involved uh, can help you tremendously in your business. Yeah, this is something that I've always struggled with because of the fact that, um, you know, one of the things that I'm very analytical and I'm very, you know, tech savvy and I can do a lot of stuff. So I can do everything from, you know, I can do real estate investing, I can talk to sellers, I can actually go in and actually code myself web pages and build, you know, you know, programming and everything else. So uh, that's really something that somebody could look at and say, well, that's Chris Chris, but at the same time, that's something that very much hinders me uh, because you can't do everything. So in the beginning, though, in the beginning of any, you know, your main focus should be on finding something that generates money, right? So yes. what you can do in order to generate revenue. And as soon as you start to generate revenue, in the beginning, you're doing everything, right? You're the cook, you're the, you're the cook, you cook, you pick out the garbage, you know, using the analogy of the restaurant, you clean the dishes, you do everything. But eventually, you've got to get to the point where you have, you have some revenue. Then you've got to start reinvesting in your business. And the biggest investment uh, I find is people. You know, getting, if you listen yes. to any of these uh, uh, very successful entrepreneurs and CEOs, and the most, and most uh, successful people out there. The, one of the things, the common thing that they talk about is, is that getting the right people in place and, and having the, those right team members. And so um, the best advice I can give anybody is, obviously, you focus on one thing, you create a revenue stream forward from that, but as soon as you're able to, you need to start looking at your time, figuring out what is, what is your most productive activity, that thing that brings the money in the door, and then you focus on that, and you... And you try to get others involved to get you help with everything else. Um, and I want to talk about that. I'm going to take a side note on. on I want to. I want to give you guys uh, a few suggestions on. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you a suggestion on on where I go to hire. But I want to also share with you a story that I think um, I re re listened to recently, which really uh, drove down the point of this. And that. So I. I from from uh, over from uh, uh, I I have a lot of virtual assistants, uh, virtual assistants in India, virtual assistants in the Philippines that help me with real estate investing, that call sellers and do a lot of the grunt work. A uh, quick, you know, people. It depends on what what you want to hire. So you can go to odesk o d e s k dot com, or you can go to elance dot com e l a n c e dot com and hire somebody. Um, and there's a bit of a screening process you have to follow and make sure you have the right person. For me, what I've done is I actually go to, uh, there's a service called virtualstafffinder.com. I'm not affiliated with them, 
the virtualstaffbinder.com, and they're actually a headhunting service for virtual assistants. And so I pay them a fee. Um, I think either either two, three. I think it's like three or four hundred bucks you pay them, and they go out and they find virtual assistants based on your criteria, what you're looking for. They present them to you. They put them through personality tests, a variety of different tests, and then you get you get a chance to pick who you want. I did that because I didn't want to have to spend the time and energy and effort in order to find someone uh, myself and go through the interview process. So I, I, I was okay with paying the extra fee. However, if you're not or you're not you're in a position where you're bootstrapping, then you may you go to these other services. I looked at it as, hey, if I took 10 hours of my day to go out and and screen through all the uh, the applicants and put ads and do all this other stuff, you know, my time is more valuable than that. And so for me, it was easy sure. for just to say, let me pay the 400 bucks. Uh, the other one, a service that I recently got uh, is uh, Virtual. It's uh, like Virtual except with a Z. So I have all these virtual assistants, but they all do business stuff. But I need stuff that is um, a personal nature. So I got, uh, you can go to Zertual.com and hire a U.S.-based virtual assistant. And they help me with just miscellaneous stuff. Like, unfortunately, the other day I got a speeding ticket, right? So, you know, you get the speeding ticket. So I typically send it to a ticket uh, attorney. So, you know, I, I, I got to call them up, find out what the details are, send them my ticket, pay for the thing and put a reminder so I can reach out to them in a month and see what the court date is and what the update and all that other stuff, right? That takes time. So I just scanned the ticket, gave it to my virtual assistant, and she did all of that. She paid, got everything coordinated, put a reminder for herself to let me know, to, 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 to check on things. Uh, recently, I bought a treadmill machine, for example, and, you know, uh, it required uh, a special lubricant, and I didn't have it. So I, I have to call the 800 number, but they're in Pacific time, and I'm like, well, i got to remember to call them in the afternoon and place the order and give them a credit card. So I just took all that info, gave it to her, and said, hey, order that. Send it. She has my credit card information. Send it. Have it delivered to my home, and that's it. I, I don't have to worry about it. So I'm very trying to push hard to, on the business side, um, outsource uh, you know, whatever I can, uh, I focus on what the things that brings brings in money in the door, and then on the personal side, I'm trying to do the same thing as well. Um, you know, I, I want to give one example, if I may, and I don't. Uh, but I recently heard this story of um, Joe Osteen. You know who Joe Osteen is, the oh, the, yeah, the pastor, right? So yeah. you know the story behind him, and 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 and, and um, in no way this is not any sort of uh, it, not that it matters either way. But um, this is has no. I don't see him. I, he's a he's a preacher, but you also have to look at him as a CEO of a large enterprise, right? So if you yeah. look at it from that perspective, uh, he took over the church from his father, and uh, it, he was struggling, you know, to to build a church, and he was doing everything. He was, um, you know, doing everything from A to Z, doing the sermon, uh, managing the operations. Uh, even from you know looking at the brochures and, and and all the advertisements and all the promotions that went out and everything else, and he was struggling, and he then decided, you know, what's the one thing that I could focus on that really could have the most dramatic impact in my business, and, and, and not his business, but his congregation, and he and he figured out that it was the sermon, the sermon that he gave on a Sunday, the 25 or 23 minute sermon, was that catalyst that he felt that if he could really really uh, deliver a, 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 tr a tremendous message that that would help the church and that would further things along. And now his entire schedule for the week revolves around that sermon. You know, um, he you know he gives a sermon on Sunday. 
the schedule is that uh, that I, I believe I'm I'm it's I'm not sure if I have the days right, but I think on Monday he comes into the office and he meets with his team, gets you know uh, statistics on hey how many you know donations who came in what what you know just overall you know ongoings of of the um of 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 the congregation. On uh, Tuesdays is the only day he has media, media interviews or does any sort of uh, um, press or anything like that. And then on Wednesday, his whole entire day on Wednesday um, is is devoted. The rest of the week is devoted to his sermon. He spends one day just fleshing out on his own, thinking about the sermon and what what he wants to talk about. He spends the next day writing it the entire day. That's all he does the entire day, just writing it. He takes Friday and he spends the entire day Friday practicing it, memorizing it, going through it, making sure that it's exactly how he wants it. On Saturday, he then delivers the sermon to a small staff, to a small group, to make sure that it's 100% the way he wants it to be. But then finally on a Sunday, then he will then uh, uh, give the sermon on a Sunday. And his whole, his whole, um, his whole, his whole schedule, everything, what he does revolves around the creation of that 23-minute sermon. But yet that sermon and the message that he gives out to everyone there um, is the catalyst for his church and the reason it's grown tremendously, the reason why uh, his books sell so well and everything else. And I, I, I give that example because it's the perfect example of just that one small catalyst, that one small leverage point that has allowed him to do what he does. And I think you have to look at it in that way in your business and in your personal life. You know, what is the, the one or two few things that really make the difference and eliminate everything else? Get everybody, get other people uh, involved in doing it or eliminate it completely. Because in the end, if you're spending the time on the many, then you really are just squandering your opportunities, squandering your time, and really holding everybody else around you back because you're not really doing that one thing or just few things that really make the difference for you. That is fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, um, especially Pastor um, uh, Osteen's process. I think it was very important to hear that because uh, I always enjoyed sermons, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. And um, yeah. that's, fantastic. that's fantastic. And I want to go back real quick just so everybody can get those websites again because I think they, you know, I know they're going to go on and I'll have them, <clears throat> excuse me, in the description of this particular interview, but it's virtualstaffinder.com and virtual with a Z. Dot com. No, with a, with um, a Z. With a Z. With, with a Z, that's correct. Yeah. Now, Chris, so where, virtual. Where, where, virtual, yes. And uh, um, I, unfortunately, we're, we're out of time, but I, I so enjoyed this interview. I do want to share with everyone that they can visit you. They can visit your website at flipanywhere.com, correct? Yes, that's my main website, flipanywhere.com, and we have a variety of different um a lot of information there. We have access to videos and tutorials that we give for free. And so, if you go to flipanywhere.com, you can certainly find out about us and what we do. And and if you want to uh, learn real estate investing, then we can certainly help you with that. Absolutely fantastic, and everyone, yes, he can. Um, again, he is the virtual wholesaler. Um, he provides really good information and products uh, that I have, again, personally invested in and have used and uh, used to train uh, some of my students as well. So, Chris, thank you again so much. I truly enjoyed it. It, it was a fantastic uh, interview. Well, thanks very much for having me on. Really appreciate it. 
And thank everybody for, for listening and, and giving giving me your, your time and attention. So thank you. Not a problem. Everyone take care and as always, take action.